Welcome to the Future Champions podcast. Early in the year, I interviewed Jordan, Courtney Perkins and Warren Moon from the Brisbane Raw in a live online webinar. At the time, Warren was the general manager of the Brisbane Raw Academy. He is now the manager of the Brisbane Raw A-League team. For some, it may seem like a meteoric and unexpected rise. For those who know him, know he is the perfect fit at a perfect time. So here it is, Warren and Jordan. Warren, thank you for joining us today on the Future Champions webinar. Yeah, How thanks for having us, Stuart. Uh, great to be here and um, just want to say thank you for uh, putting these kind of webinars on for young athletes. It's been uh, really good watching the last couple of weeks. So, Jordan, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today as well. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to be here. Our first topic is GPS football. And my first question to you, Warren, is what is GPS football and what has been, what has been your motivation, oh, sorry, involvement in it? Yeah, the, uh, the, look, the GPS uh, system is one of many uh, football programs around the state and the school system, but it's the uh, Greater Public Schools competition uh, competed for by, I think, nine schools across Brisbane uh, running term two, which would be now, uh, but uh, obviously not. But uh, yeah, so G- uh, Churchy is one of them. And I was uh, employed at Churchy for five years before I transitioned into the Brisbane Raw. And I was the head coach and head of football operations at the school. So Jordan, how important was GPS football in your development as a footballer? Uh, I think it was huge for me, to be honest, because, uh, you know, growing up, coming through the um, MPL system and that, it's all it's all technical based and, you know, playing out from the back. But uh, um, with school, there's a lot more physical, you know, there's a lot more, there's a lot greater physical component to the game. So um, it helped me develop, you know, dealing with long balls and, uh, you know, really getting stuck in there and even playing for the win because, you know, there's eight games and uh, it's, it's all about the title throughout the whole season. So it definitely, um, it definitely taught me how to, uh, you know, play different games and how to uh, manage games uh, in terms of trying to trying to get a result. I want to take you back to round eight, the second last game of the 2018 GPS season. Um, it's the second last round of an eight-game competition. <coughs> St. Joseph's Nudgy College and Anglican Church Grammar are on 13 points with two games to go. This is a game, this game will effectively decide who wins the premiership. If Churchy win, uh, it would be the first time in their history that they would win the premiership. Uh, but Nudgy go on and take a 2-1 win. And one week later, they're crowned the GPS premiers. Jordan, how did you feel coming off the pitch after missing an opportunity to win a premiership? You know, it's never easy dealing with loss and, you know, taking a loss as hard as that was. But, um, I think I think lucky for us we had a we had a pretty young team at the time so um you know we we obviously we um we spent a little time reflecting on the loss and you know um thinking about it as it's completely normal to do but soon after we realized you know a year from now we got another chance at it with a very similar squad to what we have so I think that um it was important that we didn't dwell on you know something we couldn't change and obviously uh it would have been it would have been great to win that game but uh you know just made the 2019 season all the more sweeter. So how did you feel in the dressing room? Uh, it was, um, can't remember too much, but it was, um, it was pretty bleak. I'm sure it was like, uh, everyone was quiet and heads down, but, um, you know, we, we couldn't have done much more than what we did out there. Everyone gave it their all. So, uh, we we were all proud of each other and it was, um, it was an amazing journey that we'd been on. So, you know, it could, couldn't have asked for it any other way, to be honest. 
So, Warren, I'm not sure what your recollection of that day was, but how do you as a coach help your players get over that burden and that pain? Yeah, look, I, I, my recollection recollection of that day was a sad one because uh, the boys, uh, they put so much into that game and uh, they were clearly devastated after the match. You know, there were tears. I, I remember uh, that was a sad day for me walking in. They were just young men, young boys, and um, they had put so much into that match um, that I felt for them, not just because of the result, but the way it happened. It was, I think, from memory, it was literally the last kick of the game. They got a penalty yeah. to win it. So... That was tough to take. Well, I've got to say, I, um, you know, as, as sad as it was, and we had, you know, director of sport come in, headmaster, and you could see it was a really, really tough, tough place to be in that change room. But I was really proud of them, and uh, I knew we would uh, use that defeat in some way as a motivation to, uh, to really um, push on for next season because uh, we, we never spoke about where we were going to finish that year. It was all about let's make sure that we uh, were competitive in every game we play. and. Uh, if we had finished from second to fifth, I think that would have been progression for a young team that was, well, I think they're all grade 10, the bulk of them. So there was obviously an end goal. And I'm sure Jordan was would tell you that had the fact we got so close, we were so desperate to win it that day, not to be. But I think we learned from that and uh, we had the perfect motivation going into the following season. Jordan, do you remember the, the goal that Nudgy scored to win that game? Um, yeah, I do, yeah. It, was, um, was, it wasn't easy to see that one going to the back of the net but um you know I've, I've tried to forget about it over the last two years thanks for bringing it back up <laughs> you're you're welcome so I want to bring you to 2019 particularly the start of the 2019 GPS season particularly the first three rounds game one you traveled to Brisbane Boys College and you beat them 3-6 a great start to the season in game two you travel to the Southport School where you probably expect to win and you're beaten 2-1 uh, the third round is a bye, so there is no chance for redemption. And I guess my question, Jordan, to you, honestly, when you were walking off the pitch then, did you feel as though you had lost the 2019 Premiership? And what was the dressing room like after that game? It was, it was probably a pretty similar feeling to Nudgy, you know. Um, that was a game that we definitely knew we should have won. So we've we've come off that game, not getting the result, and I think it was just again, just everyone was gutted and heads were down, and you know, um, but it took the boys, you know, all getting behind each other and staying positive because the season wasn't over. Every game in the season is a grand final with you know with eight games, every single game is important. So to to put that game behind us and focus on you know the next week or the week after because there was a bye, but um was like the most important thing for us. So I think that um. After that, I know we lost, but either way, we were going to have to win every other game for the rest of the season. And, you know, we, we, we just focused on what was ahead and you can't change the past, so no point dwelling on it. Warren, I guess the question I have then is there are nine teams in the GPS mm. football program, eight games in a season. You only play each team once. Mm. Um, either the one year you play them at home, the next year you play them away. So it's very unforgiving. How do you as a coach, uh, considering the history of 2018 where you lost in the last, I guess, the, the last kick of the ball in the second last match, uh, you you have a team walking off feeling as though they've lost the game? I, I remember that game really well, really well. I think, um, you know, I won't go into whether we deserve to win it or not We because obviously that was done and dusted. But what I do remember is they were disappointed, but not 
my recollection wasn't probably like Nudgy where they were devastated. They were probably more angry and frustrated with themselves. And I, I, I just remember it was pouring with rain. I just pulled them into a huddle, you know, because I think there was a little bit of chat with the opposition team after from some of our boys to their boys. So I brought them in, sort of just quickly refocused them and said that from that moment on, it's simple. We've lost the TSS. The game is done. But it became very clear and simple. You know, we had to go out and win every game. So for us, it was a case of just focusing game by game, being as super positive as we could be. That was our style anyway, but it became very simple. We, we then knew that there, were no, there was no complacency or slip up. We, did, we just went full throttle and we went every game from that point on, I remember. It was simplified for us. We just went, let's go out and win. Let's go out and win. And we lost players along the way with injuries and, and unavailabilities, but we just had the mentality, let's go out and win. And I think it took us that mentality all the way through to Toowoomba when we went up the range for that deciding game. I don't think our mindset shifted once in the, in the games that we played from that point. So to me, I look at that as a turning point and I look at how we reacted to that. Not, not from what I said in the huddle, but from that point when they went to the change room and, and Geordie's right, they uh, regrouped really quickly that week, which we had off and it was probably a good thing. It was super positive in our next match, I think was against Brisbane Grammar and we played really well on one convincingly. So that you did, you went on and played four games and you won each game. Jordan, you're, you're a centre-back and you, in those four games, you scored four goals. And, and I guess my, my question to you is, did you feel a sense of motivation and determination as an individual and did you feel that from your team as well? Definitely, definitely. I thought, um, well, I feel that, you know, after that loss to TSS, that was a, was a real shock for us and a real rude shock because... You know, maybe maybe there could have been a little bit of complacency from us thinking that we were the best team uh, in the league, but uh, that definitely woke us up and awoke the beast inside of us. So we came out and um, for those next four games and really the rest of the season, we were we were unstoppable. And um, that was just that was we didn't change our game plan or anything. That was just due to the the boys getting stuck in and really digging deep. And I think I think that showed, yeah. Then after that, we have you have four games in which you win and you win win well. You are going up to play Toowoomba, who effectively, again, Toowoomba and yourselves are sitting on top of the table. And it's the second last game of the season again. You're playing in Toowoomba. Toowoomba's a, and Toowoomba Grammar School are a very hard team to beat at home. But again, whoever wins this game is effectively guaranteed the premiership and a loss would see a repeat of 2018. Warren, my question to you is how do you prepare your squad for such a big game and how do you settle their nerves knowing firstly that they were a young team and they had tasted defeat in almost the exact situation a year before? You know, I was quite calm, to be honest, probably in that situation before as a player. And fortunately in my coaching as well, I've been in situations where we've had to play big games and I've won some, lost some. And I look back at the ones I lost, you know, like, um, like where Jordan said off there, when I dyed my hair blue and I worried about things outside the game as a junior, playing a grand final and I played like rubbish. And, and you know, from experience, you learn that it's just another game and it's best to be calm and, you know, go into the game knowing to focus on what you guys do well and what we do well. And uh, I know it sounds really boring, but, you know, we've really, really calm when we went up there. We, the, the difference with this game as opposed to the year before was... Um, you know, deep down, I think we knew we were a young side going into that game against Nudgee, and we, we probably knew they were the better side. We, we, we were looking to perform above our level to get something out of the game, and, and that day we did, and we were unlucky and fell short. 
this was different this year. We we took all the experiences from the year before and we went up there knowing we were a good side who had uh, obviously played our way into some very good form. Uh, we knew there was going to be a test. But there was a different feel to the side. There was a confidence that we'd been through something already. And we went and uh, really prepared well as well. I think as well the schools had great credit um, the because we went up the night before and stayed in a hotel the night before. Now, that isn't normally done in GPS, but obviously given the magnitude of the game and probably our record in Toowoomba as a school traditionally, we've, we've done poorly up there. Uh, we've, we've always gone up there and caught smashing. So um, coupled with that, plus um, our preparation um, on the field, I think we were uh, more than ready to take whatever came at us. And um, They were a good side, but I certainly didn't fear them or, or feel inferior to them like maybe we felt the year before going into that Nudge game. I knew we had players on that park. If we had played well, we would have won the game. And you mentioned that you went up the night before and you stayed at accommodation, which was obviously good thinking. Was it good thinking to, and I guess I ask you, Jordan, was it good thinking in your mind to stay so close <coughs> to the school? And how was your experience staying in the hotel? And by the way, I know the answer to this question. <laughs> um, well, no, going up early was definitely, definitely the right move and it uh, definitely made it a lot easier for us, you know, because uh, you don't have to rush on game day and everything's a bit bit more normal. But, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good. And the night before, there was a few... Few of the Toowoomba boarders driving around our uh, car park, you know, yelling things out and stuff. So, um, and you know, I think I think a few of the boys reacted. Not going to name names, but um, there was a there was there was a little bit. Of, not going to name names. <laughs> I, I may have reacted to to the boys driving in the car park, but you know, nothing serious. And it was all it was all a bit of fun. And you know, if anything, it made us even more riled up. You know, so um. It was definitely it was definitely a good move for us to go up early, and it, it made it a lot easier because uh, personally, I don't like to rush on game day. I like everything to be relaxed, and that's definitely what it was. As uh, Warren said, it, all the boys are really calm and calm and relaxed, and it was it was definitely a different feel to what it was uh, to the Nudgy game the year before. It was um, we knew that we were going to win that game, and you know I think the boys came out and we played like that, and the results show so. Well, I'm not going to name names either, but I guess the question is, um, when those um, Toowoomba Grammar boys were out in the car park, did you have a shirt on or off when you went out there? Uh, I think I was just getting ready for bed. I'm, I'm, not, sure, I'm not sure about the details, a bit, bit blurry, but I think I was getting ready for bed and, you know, I, I could have been shirtless, but I, I definitely had pants on, so. <laughs> Can I just say if there are any Toowoomba Grammar players uh, you've gone up in my level of estimation to actually be committed enough to go and look after your team by trying to keep the opposition up. It's an amazing uh, dedication. shows you the commitment of the GPS program, but it didn't work because, Jordan, you guys won 1-2. And interesting enough, again, you scored in the Premiership Decider uh, to, to win the game. So how does that feel, walking off the pitch? Hey, Stuart, oh. I just want to say before Jordan talks about his goal, and he, he loves to talk about his goals, just to add to the byplay of that whole day, and this is what makes GPS sports so, such a rarity. Um, so obviously the night before we had knocks on doors and people yelling out in the cars driving past and, and whatnot. Even the teamwork in the, the morning, we had a few people chirping at us when we went for our teamwork. But, but just before kickoff, it's tradition up there and it's more a psychological thing. They, they want the opposition side to walk out first from their change room and they make you wait, they make them wait, and then the opposition to uh, Toowoomba Grammar comes down these huge steps uh, from the school with about, I'd say, close to 800 
Toowoomba Grammar supporters and, and, and boarders on the other side. And it's very intimidating. So we've obviously experienced that before, but but this this time we, we stayed in our change room and they kept knocking until we came out. Uh, we just stayed in the change room. We didn't come out. And eventually I think Toowoomba Grammar came up. There was this standoff for an extra 10, 15 minutes where we refused to come out and we were knocking. We just kept saying, yeah, yeah, we're going to come. We'll come, we'll come. But eventually they came down first and then we came down after. So we didn't have to sit through the whole... Uh, I guess their so-called intimidation factor of them walking down with their army behind them. So, um, yeah, anyway, go on. Who, who would have thought you were capable of mind games, uh, Warren? I, I can tell you right now, I, I, I won't even take credit for that. That was uh, our director of football, Derek Lennon. He was adamant for us to stay in and not to come out. So we did. Whether that played a part, I'm not sure, but it, it definitely made to the theatre of the day. Yes, yeah, so now let's hear about the amazing goal, the goal of the season. Um, oh yeah, well that goal that goal was special because I've actually I've got a few well, I've got a fair few mates up at uh, who live up at Toowoomba and my brother finished school up there so we know a lot of the people there so um that goal that goal was special to me because you know there was um there was banter and there was everything there was all sorts going on in the week week leading up to the game so to to score that goal and open the open the scoring in that game was uh that was real special to me and that's that's definitely some footage that I'll be reviewing for, you know, many years to come. So so how did the goal look? Well worked set piece, into the back post, <laughs> back across, you know, you, you get the gist, you know, a little tap in at the uh, at the front post. Is that the case, Warren? Yeah, it was a scrappy goal, but, you know, I would take any goal, especially up there. He was, um, he was magnificent that day, so I'm not going to knock him because he did score a few uh, crackers in his time at Churchy in terms of... Uh, some other goals he scored, but we haven't got time. Jack Finch has a question. He says, Jordan, what was your favourite moment for Churchy football? My favourite moment, Finchy, would be walking out next to you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, I don't know. Obviously, it's got to be, you know, winning the premiership. Um, I'd say probably uh, more so when we versed Toowoomba, um, even though we did have a game the week after that we had to win. But uh, uh, versing Toowoomba and getting the win up there, that was that was truly something that I think, uh, all the boys will remember for you know their whole lives. That's a it's, a it's a crazy moment for the for us and for the school. So that was really special that one. We want to move on to I guess your progression from community football into the Brisbane Roar Academy. And Jordan, you were if if I'm right, you played for Brisbane City Football Club before uh, yeah. being identified by the Brisbane Roar Academy, and I guess at the same time by Warren Moon as. Uh, as someone to come over to Nudgy, uh, sorry, Nudgy, um, Churchy. Yeah, and, um, oh, don't break that, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you, um, you were identified by the Brisbane Raw Academy, uh, moved from Brisbane City. How did that happen? From Brisbane City, I spent my youth years at Brisbane City, um, uh, under 12s, under 13s, and maybe a bit of under 14s. And then um, through that, I was selected for... Um, uh, national teams for Queensland Metro, so I got to I got the chance to represent Queensland um, down at Coffs Harbour, and from there I was uh, then you know spotted by uh, the QAS, which was um, the the raw youth at the time. So I, I played in the um, under 18s MPL competition with them for for two years, I think, and or or a year, and then that's when uh, the Brisbane Raw Academy started up, and I um you know we all uh, feel like a, us boys got the chance to trial at the Raw Academy and, you know, we, we were selected and from there we 
that's how I've been involved with the Raw since then. And obviously along the way, I, I got to got lucky enough to represent my country at um, under 17 level. So uh, it was it was it was a pretty full on, pretty hectic uh, couple of years there. Fantastic. So before we get onto that, Warren, as a general manager now of Brisbane Raw uh, Academy, what would be the process for you for identifying a I guess, a community player mm-hmm. and then tr- transitioning that, those players, if you identify them to be good enough to play for the Roar Academy, to transition them into, into the Roar Academy? Yeah, look, we've obviously got our, um, our processes internally, but, you know, the process is a pretty simple one. It's clearly outlined in our football development map. We first process is detection, and, and through that we obviously need the help of Football Queensland, their programs and the clubs. Uh, and working better with the clubs. And that's something I've really strived to do in my short time in the role, to improve those levels of communication with the club so we can help detect players early and see where they are. And then the, obviously identification from that, identify the players that are of interest. Again, work with the clubs, observe the player, um, gain a better understanding of them and their abilities. Jordan said before, from that point, it's then selection. You select them and uh, provide them with an opportunity in the environment um, of the academy. And lastly is development. You know, it's uh, try and develop them in our way, in our model at Brisbane Raw and, and how we like to play. And again, it's about providing that environment and try and be successful and I guess uh, fulfil their potential to where they might um, see themselves going in their careers. And how does that, how, does it, how is it different for regional Queensland? Particularly you've got an incredibly large area, well, you know, you've got Cairns, Town Hall, you've got far north Queensland, north Queensland, central Queensland, and, and, and how do you, how does it change for regional areas in your detection process? Well, for me, I don't want it to be different. You know, I think the process should be exactly the same as I've just outlined. Obviously, distance is, a, is an issue, but it shouldn't be the only issue, you know. And I, I've gone on state uh, record saying that, you know, there's really good people coaching in clubland all across the state, and that's no different to up in Cairns, Mackay, Townsville, uh, the, the wide bay zone, there's good coaches. So, you know, when we talk about detection of players or, or, or identifying players, uh, we, we've got to build relationships with people up, up in the regions and trust them, trust them. Uh, that they're doing a good job in their programs and that we don't necessarily have to bring those those kids down too young. But at some point, you know, if we are the only A-League side in the state, then they may look to transition down. And a couple of the things I'm putting in place is, is probably help for those players where they might be able to go into a program like a GPS program or, or, or another program like a SPL program where they can do schooling down here and we can look after them. It's not um, finalised yet because we're... we're COVID-19 has probably put a stop to some of the things I was already in discussions with, with some of the regional areas. But but that's sort of our hope is that, you know, just because they're in regional areas, it doesn't mean that they won't get an opportunity or they're not being looked at. We need to start putting things in place that better identify these players, but that will come. Jordan, you were lucky enough and you were selected for the Joey's under-16s AFC and then the under-17s uh, FIFA World Cup in Brazil. <laughs> Uh, can you talk to me? And you, I think you were 15 at the at the time. Can you talk to me about that experience of being selected and then ultimately going over and playing? You know, that was something that that was um, it was an honour for me. You know, I think it's um, every boyhood football player's dream is to represent their country, and getting to do so at a youth level for me is is really special, and it's it's something that I 
hold with great pride. But um, it was just, you know, going over there. I've, I've never really traveled much overseas. So, you know, traveling with the team and being put up in these, these super nice hotels and, you know, get, getting treated like Kings as 15 year olds is something that, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's an, it's an awesome experience. And uh, um, then getting out on the pitch and standing there with your, with your teammates and singing that national anthem as loud as you can. Um, uh, the most memorable time for me probably was um, in front of uh, the Indonesian crowd. When we first Indonesia, we, we played in front of 15,000 or something like that, that were just truly loud and singing the entire game. So that was, that was an awesome, that was an awesome experience for me. And, then to represent the country at the World Cup was um, was unreal as well. Getting to verse players, world class players that you know you, you you see on social media and you you see on TV and getting to verse them and you know, uh, put yourself up against the best in the world that's um that's a great experience and you know I, I'm truly blessed and grateful for that. You played against Hungary in in one of the games and in that game there was a handball and it was the VAR, that video assistant referee that actually detected it. How did it feel in such a significant game, such a high, high emotive game and such a stressful game uh, to be responsible, I guess, or feel responsible for one of those goals? At the time, obviously, when once they brought it to the VAR, I, I, I knew that they were going to call it a handball. It's just, you know, it's what they've been doing all tournaments. So um, I was definitely, I was definitely almost a bit, bit frozen like oh you know like costing a goal for my team is it's not a great feeling I'm sure every football player knows it's not a great feeling but um you know again you can't you can't dwell on things like that I had to the game was still on it was I don't know 30 minutes in maybe so we still had the whole game ahead of us and I had to screw my head back on and focus on the game and the task at hand and um you know we we ended up getting a draw out of that game so you know maybe we could have got three points but it was in the end it was what we needed and we got it, so you know, no complaints from me. And you did need it, and you progressed, and you played France. How was that experience? A very good team. It's different to verse a team like that, and we obviously had to adapt to their play style. And they loved to keep the ball, and they had players with quality to keep the ball. So we had to. We sat behind it, and we were we were playing well. We we let in an early goal, but um, we were definitely holding our own in that game, and we matched it with you know, arguably the best young team in the world. And uh, we suffered a red card in late in the, or early in the second half. And, you know, that kind of, that, that threw us back a bit. But, um, you know, I think that throughout the game, we, you know, we did all we could and we were, couldn't be prouder of everyone that was involved because um, that was a performance that even though we didn't get the result that we desired, we were definitely, we were definitely proud of how we played and how we, um, how he represented our country, and you know that's um that's ultimately one of the most important things. So I'm just trying to look at the the some of the questions that are coming through. One's from Jasper, and he says, Jordan, how do you find or how did you find doing both Raw Academy and Churchy? And I guess um in this situation also national representation at at the same time. And how did you prioritize? I was lucky enough to have Churchy's full support throughout my whole time there. So. Um, everything that I did, Churchy backed and they helped me a lot throughout it, you know, coping with schoolwork and the, um, obviously the academic side of it. But um, when it came to term two football, uh, I was I was at Churchy for for a reason and that was to play football. So obviously Churchy football was prioritised um, higher than Clubland. So 
But other than that, throughout the rest of the year, then I think Churchy were, you know, I couldn't have asked for more support because they were just they were they were there to help me whenever I needed it, and you know, when whenever I whenever I just wanted help. And Warren was always in his office. I saw Warren a lot in his office when I had spare periods just to talk about football and that. So I think he was in his office more than he was in class, to be honest, in my office. So. Um, or playing Warren, basketball. Warren, on that on that note, uh, the Warren from um, Churchy would have mm. probably encouraged him to prioritise uh, Churchy. Uh, what would the Warren of Brisbane Raw say? To- well, you know what? That that's not exactly true, and I think Jolly would tell you this. We, um, I can't speak for every GPS school, but what I can tell you, and this didn't just come from me; it came from Derek Lennon as well. Obviously, ran the program for many years, but uh, we we didn't sit there with an ego saying you have to do training at Churchy uh, because he's at the Brisbane Raw. He's at an elite academy and he needs to be there. And Jordan would tell you he, he barely trained with us uh, during the week because we knew of what the, the level of training intensity he was doing with the Raw. I think he might have done one, um, one session. We had him for our team meetings and um, that one session was the right tactical session and uh, – because we knew, we knew the level of uh, work he was putting three, four sessions a week with the raw was enough. Uh, and we had him for uh, as a training camp just before term two. And we had him for term two. Obviously, history tells you it didn't hinder us winning a premiership. And um, it's great that we've, we've done that now. But uh, I don't see, you know, when you've got young athletes like Jordan, that, um, you know, you've got to have a bit of leeway. Otherwise, you, they're going to break down. And, and obviously, the raw was a huge part of his life. Uh, so it's the the camps that he went to for the, the Joeys, and uh, we were there to support that and make sure if he needed a top up, he could get it. But if he didn't, he needed to be rested. So I think we were really supportive, and we we looked at the overall picture when it came to Geordie, but not just Geordie. We've had other players in position come through the program, like Luke Pavlou, Jesse Daly, James Eccles, Bon Scott. They they've been through the same process. So um, and we've got current players now, Jackson Simpkins there, and and Dom Horde and Cyrus. They're going through the same thing. So. Um, we just got to be as, uh, well, when I was there, we had to be as supportive as we can and be as understanding. And uh, on top of that as well, there's schoolwork. And there's one thing Joy was really focused on, it was his academics. Yeah, you need to raise your left hand if you're telling Fibs Warren. But um... <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a smart kid, to be fair to Jordan. What do you do now to try to get your players <clears throat> to the next level? It's important that we all take a step back in this country and it's not just the Brisbane Moor, it, it, it's the MPL clubs, it's other A-League clubs, it's, it's it's all clubs because, you know, when we're talking about development of football, the top of the pyramid is representing your country and, uh, you know, it's a part of our, it's something in my new role I've placed great importance on in the academy. It's it's in our vision and mission statement. We want, we want to be the leader in youth development and we want to have the highest number of identified players in our academy in national teams. That's what we want. That's our focus when we now go to training and our coaching staff with players. We, we want them to do well. It's not a captain. We're not there to go win the under-16 premiership or the under-18 premiership. That's not what it's about. We we want to find the next Joey, the next even Matilda in our women's program or the next Socceroo. And, and, you know, Jordan's achieved that and that's great. Now we want Jordan to go on and play in the 20s and we want him to go play for Australia and represent the Socceroos. And, you know, right now, currently, aside from Jordan, I think we had a couple represent New Zealand at the same World Cup Jordan went to in Jackson Simpkin and Keegan Jelicic. Um, we've had, um, who else have we had? Uh, we've had Obren Klalic. He's represented Bosnia. He's gone to an under 19 couple of training camps and played for Bosnia. So it's great. It's, it's a start, but we want more. And, and, and our focus, to be honest with you, Stuart, is 
around trying to get as many of our players, our talented players in the uh, shop window in front of uh, Trevor and, and in camp where they can show what they can do. And on that note, what advice would you give a player from Brisbane Raw, for example, that has really worked hard to try and make a Joey's side is probably close enough to get there but falls just short? And I guess the same could be said to that player that is close enough in the MPL to get into the Brisbane Raw Academy and they just miss out, what advice would you give them? Well, I think I could give advice and, you know, the easy one to say is continue to work hard, be strong mindset. But I think you've got someone in this chat right now who's probably better players answering that because Jordan would know more than most. I know he's had a few setbacks, but he's been there and lived it. And in most recent times, he's been in Joey's camps. He's seen players there that, you know, he wouldn't go on record to say they're not good players, but he might know the Queensland players that were unlucky to miss out who might be just as good. And sometimes it comes down to just opinions of the coach, but that shouldn't stop or, or deter players continuing to work hard and keep trying to improve themselves in the little one percenters. And that's what they should be doing, in my opinion. Fantastic. I'm just looking at one of the questions. So, Jordan, how old were you? And this, uh, this is from someone who hasn't provided a name, but how old were you when you played for the under-17 in the under-17s World Cup? I was actually my birthday was while I was um while I was over in Brazil. So I was I think I played my first game at sixteen, and then the the rest of the games I I was seventeen, just seventeen. So and and Roman wants to know how old were you when you actually played or started playing for the Brisbane Roar Academy, and how did that help you develop as a player? I think I started playing for the Brisbane Roar Academy at I think I was sixteen, or maybe fifteen. I'm not sure. I, I came into the under-16 team, so um, I think you were 15. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. the under-16 team that played under-18. So I was um, I was 15 at the time, but um, the rest of my team were, you know, we're all O2 born. So. so going back to that question that I asked Warren, and he said you might be in a better position to answer that. What advice would you give those players who fall just short? Yeah, well, I, I think definitely that. Um, I think definitely you just got to keep at it because uh, I I actually missed out on the first. Um, Joey's team that got to represent the country in uh, Thailand at the um, AFF tournament. But, um, you know, I, I, I kept working hard and I, I managed to, um, you know, uh, be involved the next time around. I, I made sure of it. I didn't, you know, there was there was not a day I didn't sleep without thinking about the the next opportunity that I could get. And um, I, think it's, I think it's important because there are a lot of kids, as Warren said, I can... I could say, I'm not going to name names, obviously, but I could say there, I know a lot of boys that I played with at the Brisbane Roar Academy who are, you know, they've got bags of quality and could easily, easily fill a spot in our, uh, in the um, national team program. And um, so I think it's, I think it's just about, you know, keeping, keeping your head screwed on right and staying level headed and just working every day on improving your craft. And, you know, you will get the opportunity eventually. And when it comes, you've got to grasp it. So you also played in the youth league with Brisbane Raw, and you were part of the team that won the uh, the premiership. Yeah. yeah. And how was that experience? That was yeah, that was cool as well. I was um, I was I was lucky enough to be involved in that NYL team that um that season that we won it, and uh, I was I was a young boy in the squad, so it was um had a lot of older boys uh, around me, you know, helping me. Um, throughout the season and helping me during games at um, improving myself. And, uh, you know, when we got to play, play that final at um, ANZ Stadium, that was just a, that was an awesome experience. It was the first time I think that um, a lot of us had been, you know, televised, which was, um, 
which was a really cool moment for us all. And, you know, I think it was a, it was also, a, it was a big moment for the club winning that. Cause I, I think it was the, the first time that we've won the youth league. Yeah. It, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But it, first in the old format, but I think that's the first time they've won the, yeah, the MYL trophy as such. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, um that was cool. And, you know, it's always good when you, when you get a win like that and, you know, you get to celebrate with the boys back at the hotel and, you know, really, really soak it all in before you fly home the next day. So it was, um, it was a really cool experience that. And then you go on and you actually become the youngest Brisbane Raw player to play in the A-League. Can you talk us through that experience? And am I right that you actually played out of position? Uh, yeah, well, I played left wing back, which I've, I've played occasionally as a, as like a youth player, but um, it was, um, genuinely generally more like a center back you know left center back but um I was lucky enough that the the gaffer saw something in me and put his trust in me to you know go out there against um Sydney FC was my debut in the FA Cup and that was um that was a truly surreal moment for me because Brisbane I've lived in Brisbane my whole life and I've I've always supported Brisbane Roar and I've I've watched the games and I've been to Suncorp and I've you know, experienced it all as a as a fan, but then to walk out as a player was just you know something that was truly special to me and special to my family as well. So um, it was awesome, and um, I definitely I'm definitely grateful for that opportunity, and you know I'm not taking it for granted because uh, I got to keep working hard and keep earning my spot in in the squad, and you know proving that um I'm good enough, and you know that's what that's what I'm doing. Warren. Jordan was given that, or has been given a scholarship with Brisbane Raw. Can you explain to us what that actually means? So obviously, it's um, so obviously Jordan being the age he is, quite young. So there's uh, a couple of forms of contracts that you can be given. So there's a, a an A League contract, and then there's what we call the scholarship contracts, which are um, for our younger players to to reward them for the work they've done. And uh, I think Jordan's current currently on that. And I think. Uh, to be fair, I think Jordan's rise in the last uh, 12 months has been rapid, you know, from where he was, you know, uh, with Churchy and then obviously playing, going through the MYL period and then the World Cup. So he's had a huge 12 months, um, which has basically led him now to being a first-team player at the Raw. Um, so he's done fantastically well from that perspective and he's obviously on the scholarship contract now and no doubt that's the start for him. But, um, you know, I'm sure there's... Um, days ahead that uh you know we'll see him progress even more but i think yeah it's um that's what he's currently on now and it's um it's part of the contract that um the club provide and, and ALE clubs for young players coming through um on their journey we've got a couple of questions jordan firstly congratulations on your achievements as a player this uh this far can you give the listeners an insight into some of the extras you did other than work hard to get where you are now Prior to the um, to COVID, what were you doing other than working hard to be selected in the Brisbane Raw first team at such a young age? Thank you very much, firstly. And um, to answer your question, I think uh, I think my dad can vouch for this. I would after back in the youth sort of days back at Brisbane City um, when I wasn't even playing in the MPL or the academy, you would um, you would find me in the backyard, you know, uh, hitting a ball against a little a little crazy catch thing just keeping it up and working on my touch and uh doing that for hours and hours on end until you know i i got it perfect and um more recently i would uh me and some of the young boys we would we would um team up after training setting up goals and setting up little goals at uh you know 
20 metres apart and practising striking the ball in certain techniques with left and right foot. And so, um, obviously, you know, working hard is, is massive, but you've you got you to gotta work on your technical part of the game as well because, you know, that's, that's just, uh, just as important. So Fantastic. We've got a heap of other questions. And, Warren, I know you've got a, a, an important meeting soon. <laughs> so can I firstly say, Warren, thank you for your time. Your kids didn't pop in and say hello. What's, what's happening? No, they didn't. They didn't. But, mate, I'll just quickly say, just on what Jordy said, because I do have a couple of minutes. From a coach's perspective, and I've known Jordan for a few years now, and it's great that he said that. One thing that stood out with Jordan, um, and I won't say from the rest because there's some very good players coming through the academy that I've coached, but one thing that he had was the intensity of how he trained. And it was always there, the level of intensity in training. I don't think I ever saw him have a, you know, he's a grumpy character and he can get a bit angry. And sometimes I had to talk to him in cage about how competitive he is, which was a great quality that he has, by the way. But but his level of intensity for every session, his thirst to improve himself in every training session was what separated him. And I think if I gave um, any advice, which we do in our academy currently, we talk about not wasting a moment. Don't waste a day. Come in, train as hard as you can. The level of intensity must be matched all the time for you to improve. And the way you train is the way you play. And, and I think that's a big one that, uh, I noticed in the way Jordan sort of goes to training. I'm sure he'd back that up. Thank you so much for being part of this. Warren, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me, mate. It's been uh, very enjoyable. Jordan, thank you so much as well for your time today. It's been greatly appreciated. Yeah, thank you very much. I've enjoyed, enjoyed talking. So, Guys, thank you for, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.